episode 29 of Girl Mode. I am one of your hosts, Willa Rowe. And I'm your other host, Robin B. And today, uh, it's not just us. We are joined by a lovely guest, uh, my coworker and Robin's former coworker, Asshole. Jess Reyes. <laughs> hey there, guys. Hey, Jess. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, love to be here. Um, I'm also excited about the topic at hand. Yes, we're here to discuss the very important topic of cute anime girls. And husbandos. <laughs> yes, yeah, of, of course. course. How could we forget? But before we get into that, I think we just wanted to, you know, ask you to just like kind of introduce yourself and, you know, your history with games journalism. So I started freelancing just two years ago. Um, I started a smaller place called SVG. And then I also, and then from there, I kind of, um, I started freelance for other outlets. I went to VG247, GameSpot, Digital Trends, um, IGN. So I've been all over the place before I landed the job at Inverse. And I still mm-hmm. freelance at sites here and there. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, we both got to know you because we work at Inverse. But the thing that we have been playing so much lately is Honkai Star Rail. And you are our preeminent expert on the topic. (laughs) So we thought it was only natural to invite you on uh, so that you could guide us through our journey with Honkai. Yeah, I actually just wrapped up the campaign a couple days ago. We're like the campaign as in where the story is right now because it's continuing because it's live service. I needed to do it for review for um, that's going to come out probably next week. So I tried to do as much as possible. And honestly, I really like it's a really high up there game for me. Like it's my best game that I've played this year. Oh, wow. High praise. Uh, yeah. I mean, I so, you know, kind of like starting the conversation. I myself have never been like a big gotcha person. Um, like I didn't really get into Genshin Impact, but um, with Honkai Star Rail, it's like really, really clicked with me. And I feel very similarly, like I'm really, really loving it so far. I do want to ask really quickly before we dive into this, because you are also Inverse's preeminent Genshin Impact scholar. So are you? have you been like into different gotcha games for a while or like... Why did you gravitate to this genre and like make it such a big part of your beat? Well, I like the thought of a free-to-play RPG, even mm. though it is gacha. Like it, it is different from the other gacha games that I've played. Like I tried Fire Emblem Heroes, and you know, I think I've heard of Fate Grand Order and some other games like that, where it's it's a little bit more streamlined mobile-esque experience, where it's like you just push buttons and stuff. But Genshin Impact had a lot more exploration to it. I actually hate playing it on the phone. It's way easier (laughs) for me to do it on PC. Yeah, totally. I guess the reason that I like it is not because I like gacha games, but because I like RPGs. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of folks who don't like gacha games are like, I hadn't really played gachas much before Genshin. And then... I kind of I started playing a little bit afterward, but it was the same thing that drew me to it, where it was like, oh, just a cool free open world RPG. Yeah. And it also looks great, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For me, the thing that like made me really want to play Genshin Impact is like it's incredibly basic, but it's all the really cool characters. Yeah. And even though I like still don't really play Genshin, I feel very invested in like shipping certain characters (laughs) (laughs) to this day. 
Oh yeah, they don't call it homoverse for nothing. <laughs> I did not know they called it that, but it does make a lot of sense. Do you have a favorite uh, Genshin ship, Jess? Or like favorite characters, at least? It kind of changes, but right now I'm really digging Kave and Alhatham. I'm not sure if you heard of them because they're in Sumeru, like the latest nation. One of them is like this really like matter of fact guy who's like, uh, you know, super good job, like high standing. And one of them is like a really um, prestigious architect, but he's really poor because he um, went into debt building this and uh, this huge this huge monument. But he's also <laughs> like really bad with money. Like he's just like, oh, really? Like you're like if it's like this it goes to children in need. Yeah, sure. I'll buy all your keychains even though I'm broke. <laughs> wow. A real himbo. So one of them is like the rash, you know, like the very logical, rational one. Other ones like very emotional but empathetic. What yeah. a good combination for real. So going from Genshin to Honkai Star Rail, were you like looking forward to it when it was, you know, getting ready to come out? And you played like the beta and stuff, right? Yeah, I played both, and I feel like it just gets better each time. Like I was already impressed with the first round. Like there was stuff like missing cutscenes and that they've since put in. But even then I was I still got the sense of intrigue without them. That reminds me of you you said at the top of the conversation that you'd already like finished the campaign. How what's your like your impression of the I mean, I guess not to spoil your own review or anything, but like your impression of the campaign of of Star Rail compared to Genshin? Like did you find yourself getting into one more than the other? Honkai Star Rail has a lot more well, I felt like it was a lot easier to build up the trailblaze points, which is what you need for your trailblaze level um, represents your entire experience. So it's like it's not your character levels. It's just like how much experience you have with the game. So mm -hmm. the higher it goes, the more features you unlock and certain stor story parts don't even come up until you reach a certain level. With that one, I felt like it was easier to build up those points. So it was easier to unlock faster. Whereas with Genshin in the beginning, like I remember grinding through the first few levels and i was like oh god it's just taking so long to even be able to do co-op with my friends yeah. yeah i feel like i'm speeding through them in in honkai like it's it's very good at keeping that sort of that dopamine loop going of of always leveling you up and giving you new rewards uh i think part of it for me that was also like i'm i'm enjoying the story of star rail much more than i did in genshin and I think a big part of that is like just the writing is really funny, not in a way that I can that I'm even thinking of like specific, like, a, you know, a big joke or laugh line or whatever. But there's just like such a sense of humor to like all of the weird little text of like checking trash cans and stuff like it just has this this very, I don't know, kind of lively feeling to it that I think Genshin just never hit me in that same way. Oh, yeah, there's definitely like more random funny things that happen. Like <laughs> yeah. there's also in the space station, if you try to open a treasure chest, they're like, what are you doing going around opening random people's chests? Yeah, I found the humor just like from the like start to be very funny. Like there's a lot of just like meta jokes. And um, something that I really like is just the 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 way it like portrays the relationship between like the protagonist and like especially when you start like March 7th and Donhang, they're just all they feel like a really fun group. And I just like really like progressing the story to just see it. It just feels like their ridiculous adventure. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. One thing about it that I noted is that in Honkai Star Rail, the trailblazer quickly becomes part of the Astral Express crew and it becomes 
you know, like their adventure. Like it's better group dynamic than just the traveler and Paimon, in my opinion. And it's also a lot more personal because the reason that they joined Express is like, well, do you want to spend the rest of your life on the space station? And it's like there's so many mysteries surrounding their past that they don't know because they wake up with amnesia basically on the space station. So it's a little bit more personal and yeah, has all these different relationships that Genshin Impact doesn't build on with a traveler, even though they meet a lot of people. Yeah, I was just thinking about that as I was playing last night too, where like the Express is such a good idea for, especially in a gacha game where it's like, it's the point of it is kind of to make you keep pulling for new characters. It's like having the Express there means you can get in depth on a lot of those characters and stay with the same ones for a long time. But also at any time, if they want to introduce a new character and like give you background on them, any character can just say, oh, this person used to work with the Express or, you know, this is a person we we knew from our adventure on this planet. And also just going from place to place, like there's always a new cast of characters to meet on each planet, but you have the same kind of core group sticking with you, which I just thought was like a really smart way of making you feel more invested in these characters that you're spending so much time like trying to pull or building up, you know, in like a mechanical way as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, how far are you guys in the campaign so far? I just got to the second sort of stage when you land on that, like that other spaceship and you meet the the hot fox lady whose name I forgot. <laughs> okay. <Can laughs> but yeah, I, I just got there. <laughs> I'm about at the end of... Um the ice planet i forget the name of it but i'm like right at the end of that plot line okay i was wondering because it's like around there it's like that next planet the shenzhou i think it's shenzhou lofu or something like that yeah um, that, that right. one that's like hard to pronounce um but yeah, <laughs> that's why i didn't try <laughs> it also starts a story arc with it dan hung so mm-hmm. it's uh it is a you know like they're going into the different backstories of your crew members too which i thought was cool i'm like i'm excited for the next chapter to come out yeah there's totally. something about the way that the like express and the storytelling works that it's almost like i don't know if anybody else is a fan of star trek but it it almost reminds me of like a star trek style storytelling where it's like you have the crew of the st- of like a, a spaceship and they all just do their little adventures but it helps to like build out their backstory and stuff. And it just feels similar, kind of like how Robin was saying of like getting to know the crew and then other characters just coming in. I'm just like, it's the thing that Genshin never did for me is I felt pulled in immediately to the story, which has invested me. And now I am dangerously close to spending money on this game. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, it has such a good structure for that sort of episodic type storytelling because it is like they're always bopping around. So there's always chances for new things. But, you know, that that same idea of like you can continue learning more about the characters through every stop, which is which is very fun. So you said you played the whole campaign. How many like chapters is that at this point? I don't even know. Oh, well, the, that planet, the, you know, the giant ship, the uh-huh. Xianzhou that one is a, it's not finished yet. So oh, okay. I guess in 1.1, they'll continue the story, but I'm not even sure if 1.1 will wrap it up. Right. Thinking about the story and just like one of the reasons that Honkai Star Rail grabbed me at the beginning is um, it felt really different to Genshin when I tried to play Genshin, which is the opening of Honkai Star Rail is so exciting and um, how it puts you in the shoes of Kafka. <laughs> 
Not yeah. not just because I love Kafka and I'm already <laughs> obsessed with her. Of course. But just because it felt like, you know, it was like, oh, I'm playing like this almost like a heist. It was so fun. It did give me like that Persona 5 Royale vibe where it's like it drops you straight into the action, which yes. uh, I loved. Yeah. I So kind of like talking about, you know, mentioning Persona. I was thinking about this when I was playing Honkai Star Rail, and I was like, wow, I think this might be like the best turn-based RPG that's come out since Persona 5. Like it has a lot of similar aspects to the gameplay, but it's just, it's so exciting and it feels so fast-paced still, which I think a lot of people have the misconception that turn-based RPGs aren't that way. But uh, playing Honkai Star Rail is such a joy to actually do like combat with, I found. And I know it's like, you know, it's different from Genshin, obviously, which is like just a real time action. Um, so have you been enjoying the um, the combat as well? Oh, yeah, a bunch. Like I was thinking about how, you know, the different types seem really great. Like I know they give you a lot of free characters in the beginning, too, so that you never really feel locked out of a, a certain type advantage, which I think is really smart. So it's like, you know, even if you don't want to spend money, you can get by with these few characters. And I think that's great. And mm. also, this is like a small detail I noticed where each enemy has at least two elemental weaknesses. So, like, you know, you have at least two different ways to get at a particular enemy. Yeah, it does seem very, like, player-friendly. Like, you can go about most encounters a lot of different ways, which, like, I found very helpful, especially, like, when I didn't have a lot of characters yet. Like, I never felt like I was really, you know, like, banging my head up against a wall which I feel like, you know, is just super helpful because it hasn't turned me off of the game. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I actually did pull a really good character by luck. Like, I got Seal, who is, like, she's the first limited time banner for the game, and she's really strong. But even if I didn't have her, I could probably just use Don Hung for, as my, um, you know, main damage dealer because, you know, that particular class, the hunt, they're, they really excel at that. I know. I joked um, when we asked you on that the reason that we are asking you on is that so your, you know, pull luck rubs off on us <laughs> and we all get yeah. Sila. Yeah. How long did it take you to pull her, actually? In the first 10. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Like, I just did one 10 pull on her banner because I was like, look, if I don't get her, then I guess I just won't get her. But I did. So. Oh, my God. And I God. think she's, like, really, really good. Like, because, like, the thing is, her special ability is if she kills a character in one hit then she gains another turn. Oh, mm -hmm. damn. So it's like, if you KO one enemy, you go again. And then if you happen to have charged her ultimate, it counts as a separate a separate turn. So if you kill the enemy with your ultimate, then you get another turn after that. So you get at least four turns. Damn. Wow. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, I haven't even tried pulling on that banner yet because I'm like, I don't want to waste all of my special passes or whatever because I don't think I'm going to get her. Oh, yeah. it's a, It does take a while. I have expressly used all of my, you know, <laughs> currency that I do get on those banners because mm -hmm. I want her so bad. And I've kind of said to myself, listen, I have X amount of days to get her. But if if it's like two days until the banner's up, then I might be opening my wallet because oh, no. I, re I really want her. Okay. She, she does seem very good. Is, is she your favorite character you've pulled so far, Jess? You know, sorry to the people that can't get her, but yeah, she's really like my best character. Um, yeah. I put her at the top of the tier list with Branya. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh god, yeah, I want Branya. She seems very fun. So you put the girlfriends at the top of the tier list? Yeah. 
Yes, that's another thing I love. I, I like how I like that there are girlfriends in this game. They, I guess, I mean, they haven't like said it, but there are so many pairings. Like so much of the fun of like the sort of Genshin fandom is like shipping random characters together. And they seem like they're really leaning into that with this. Like so many different characters have this like cool flirty energy or like backstories that, that very much hint at more romance going on, which which is really enjoyable. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not that many that have popped up yet. I think the other, the only other one is like that I can think of at the top right now is Arlen and Asta, but they're head. So, but uh, you know. Um, so get them out. They don't matter in this podcast. <laughs> Nobody's perfect, no. you know. <laughs> oh, no. I just meant like usually it's the same gender. So I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. So I guess Hoya's expanding, being exclusive <laughs> to the heterosexuals. <laughs> the ones I know of are um, I've seen so much art for Kafka and Himiko. And then also I've seen a lot of shipping between March 7th and the protagonist, um, which I very much support. This is actually something um, I was really fascinated by is I've like done a lore dive into like reading about the Honkai universe and Honkai Third Impact, um, which I don't know if you've played Jess, but apparently like Ronya and Sile, they're like, they're essentially girlfriends in Honkai Third Impact as well. So it's like they've been, they pulled that into this game. That's so romantic. <laughs> Love so crosses universes. I do know that, you know, some characters, they share names and stuff. Like, you know, even Himeko and uh, Bronya have this counterparts in Honkai Impact 3rd. But yeah, it's like, I don't know all of them, but that's good to know. <laughs> Something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I know Welt is also there. Yeah, yeah. I He's so boring. I don't like Welt. Um, <laughs> Since you're still struggling to get Seal, Willa, who's who's your favorite character so far that you've gotten? Um, I think the my favorite character that I've pulled is the Fox Girl. Mm-hmm. She she's really great, and she's also really good with her like ultimate, her ultimate which like buffs everybody's attack. Um, I found that to be really helpful. I've also be been a really big fan of Natasha. I've been using mm-hmm. Natasha has been like a mainstay on my team, and I've been really loving her. Same, like, because she's my only healer, and honestly, like, actually, I have Jacquard, but I, I haven't really built him into a big shield yet because I prefer the healing thing. I feel like mm-hmm. it offers more flexibility right now. Yeah. Um. What about you, Robin? Who have you been? Who are you happy to have pulled, and who are you, you know, maining? Yeah, I really like. I mean, it's one of the starting characters, Asta. I really like her her skill can hit like everybody on the field if you get lucky and also boost your damage which i think makes her like just i I don't know i found a use for her on like most teams the best pull i've gotten so far though is clara which Mm -hmm. like i don't like that character (laughs) she's just this like little kid who has like a robot bodyguard and she's kind of annoying but she's super useful her skills all revolve around taking damage so every anytime she's hit this robot Svarog that follows her around does an immediate pretty strong counterattack. And then she has like a skill that hits everybody for like pretty good AoE damage. And if that character has attacked you before, you do bonus damage to them. And then her ult is also focused around like taunting enemies and improving that counter. So she's really fun to pair with like March because if uh, a character who March has put a shield on gets hit, she does a counterattack. So I've been trying to make teams where I can just get like 
as many counterattacks in a row as possible, which is just really funny to watch enemies like try to attack me and just get completely obliterated by these like multiple counterattacks. So I'm like really hoping I can find more characters that like build out that very silly playstyle in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. something I've found like really fun of about Honkai Star Rails turn-based combat versus like Genshin's action combat is I find like it's a really good turn-based combat in that like it feels like a fun puzzle that you can kind of like exploit to do weird things in combat that just like completely mess up the system and just destroy enemies. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's that's so much a part of the simulated universe, which is this like roguelike mode, because for every like group of enemies you defeat, you get like a special buff that lasts for that run. And there are so many fun ones. Like there are a bunch that revolve around follow up attacks like counters and there's another character named Herta who has like a follow-up attack. And that's that's another really fun one to build around of just trying to like destroy characters with like basically one move followed by a whole bunch of, of follow-up attacks. I, I like Herta. Um, I, I hate hearing her voice line all the time, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think everybody could use a few more voice lines. <laughs> that's, oh my god, it's the same with Clara, because whenever she gets hit with an attack, she's like, help me, Mr. Svarog. And it's just like... If she's getting hit every round, you hear that like 50 times per combat. Oh, man. It did seem like that would get annoying. Like I wrote that in my (laughs) tier list. I was like, yeah, I looked at it online and I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I would like that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the simulated universe. Uh, that That's one of the aspects that I've really been diving into a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I've been spending a lot of time in the simulated universe because I find like the roguelike aspect of it really fun. But also I love the like that's where most of the story for like the Aeon, Aeons comes through. And you get yeah. like these really interesting like disco Elysium like text boxes that uh-huh. I've, I've been delighting in. Um, what What have you been like? Like, what is your day-to-day play in Honkai Star Rail like, Jess? Now that I've finished the campaign, you know, now I mostly go in to use my Stellar Jade. Like, right now I'm trying to max out all the skills for my main characters. And, you know, because I have some time for the next update, I'm thinking of experimenting with more different kinds of teams. I have all the four stars, so I'm thinking about trying them out together. Like, I never really played with the Nihility characters much. I do have Pela, though, so I'm thinking of... Like, maybe I could put Arlen and Asta and Pilla together. But then I'm thinking, you know, like, I just do those random team comps and see if I could make something extra good. Like, maybe one of these characters is better than I realized. Um, But before that, I was really just, I was going through the story, trying to, like, unlock the different worlds and such. Right now, I'm just trying to get to Trailblaze 40 so I could unlock another piece of, like, you know, level up my characters even more. And then also, um, that's when you can do unlock some things like custom relics and five-star relics. So then I was thinking when that comes around, I'll probably farm them a I'll farm them a bunch. So Yeah, for me, like I I feel like I've it's almost related to how it was when I was like playing Final Fantasy 14 every day. I feel like I'm getting back in the rhythm of figuring out like the tasks that I need to do every day. Because I'm trying to like maximize the amount of times I can like pull on the <laughs> limited banner. So Same. I'm like doing all of the daily missions and like claiming all of my like experience and just trying to like run through the story and get trailblazer experience and all of that. It's it's like literally like every morning now I, <laughs> I spend like an hour playing the game. 
Yeah, I really like that the daily missions like change a bunch. It's not like every single day you need to do the exact same tasks because I do have a habit of like playing games like this and just getting really like into a rut like that and kind of burning myself out on them. So I've been trying to do that of just like hitting whatever the like the daily things are just so I can like, you know, maximize all that stuff and not get too tunnel visioned onto one particular activity because I know if I do that, I'll eventually get sick of it and I I would rather have a, a more like healthy long-term relationship with this game than like burn out on it really quickly but also yes i'm trying to get as many as many characters as i possibly can yeah that is part of the fun for me like even you know like once you level up all the characters like all right now i'm on to something else mm-hmm. and then sometimes i like trying to put the characters that have relationships with each other on the same team because I just like them together. <laughs> yeah, so, that's cool. So I'm like, how can I make this work? <laughs> I know. I feel like so much of my team composition is not about good team comp. And it's mostly about how do I make the cutest team? <laughs> yeah. I just want everyone to have coordinated outfits. Is that too much to ask? Oh, another thing that does bother me, though, is that I don't have that many good relics yet. So I'll need to swap them out on a bunch of characters whenever I play a new team. I'm like... All right, for the fire trail blazer, I have all the defense uh, equipment. And then whenever I want to use March 7th, I'm like, all right, time to move everything over to March 7th. So yeah, um, that's one of the things that does bother me. But it is fun to experiment with new teams like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some quality of life stuff like that. It would be nice to, be able to save like sets and like auto equip them and stuff. Uh, this might just be me being stupid, but I kept... There's this, so you can go into like a a menu that's like a team setup menu and you select like which characters you're going to send out into your group. But there's a little button at the bottom you have to click to like enable that team. And I kept for the first like multiple days that I was playing this game, I would always forget to click that like enable button. So I would go and like select my characters and then just like exit out of the menu. And then I would go into combat and it would be like just a different team because I forgot like whatever one I had enabled previously. And I kept. This might, again, just be me being stupid, but I kept being like, wow, I wish that like extra step wasn't there because that's very annoying. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't really think I'm a good benchmark to, if that's normal or not, because <laughs> I it's the same thing in Genshin. So I'm like, oh, it's like the same button. So I guess that mapped to my mind. Yeah, it's the same in Genshin. And I very specifically remember when I played Genshin having the exact same problem. I just never I never learned, I guess. Um, One thing I was like very curious about is, you know, as someone who plays so much Genshin, have you found that, you know, they did make some improvements on like similar mechanics in Honkai Star Rail? A bunch. Like actually there's like a bunch of tedious things that they have improved on, like the the synthesizer, which is basically like the cooking mechanic in this game. Mm -hmm. In Genshin, you go up to fire, you know, like little fireplaces and cooking areas where you can make food, but here you just open up your dashboard and use the synthesizer so you don't need to go any place. And then the same thing with um, their assignments, which is basically expeditions that you send characters on to gather materials. Um, in Genshin, you would need to go to a particular NPC to start those assignments and gather materials. But here you can just do it through the dashboard. There are a few quality of life things like, for example, the relics, even though um, they have all these layers of RNG with the stats, which are really annoying. But if you get enough Rajex, you could basically put them in the grinder and come out with a custom <laughs> relic. So, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's the same thing with the 
standard banner, five-star characters. Apparently, if you... I think it's 300 pulls. Like, if you do 300 pulls on the standard banner, you can eventually choose one standard five-star for choice. So, you know, even if you never get the one that you want, you will be able to choose them eventually. Yeah, I'm really, like, watching that number because... When I get to 300, if I don't have Himiko, I'm probably probably choosing her. Yeah, she's great. I remember like the first the day this game came out, you were already looking up like the pity system to try to make sure that you got the characters you wanted. Yes, I I need to learn the ins and outs so I get every character I want. Yeah, I I got Japar as my first five star, you know, in the beginner banner, and I was like, ah, uh, I don't want him. I wanted a hot woman instead. <laughs> <laughs> So true. One of the things that I've actually really liked about the turn-based combat is I find it's made like menial tasks very easy because like once you unlock the auto battle, if you have a team that's just so well powered, you can just do so many of those like daily tasks and you can just turn on auto battle and I like go make a coffee and I come back and I've done it. <laughs> it's been amazing. Nice. I literally forgot that there was an auto battle. I've not, I've not been doing that. That's good to know that the AI is competent. I actually didn't try to auto battle yet because I, I like sitting there being like, how can I make Seal go again and again and again? Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I was watching it one time and I was like curious how it would like plan moves. And sometimes you could see like an ultimate would pop up and they would just like choose to not use it for several rounds because like they knew that if like say if, you know, a different character's ultimate came up and it buffed the party, they would like wait for that so that they, it could buff the party and then do an attack. It was actually pretty competent. I, I liked that. Mm. It was fun. That's a cool way of figuring out like the strategy too. Like what is what is the computer thing I should do? Should I <laughs> should I copy this later? I I guess I get that. Like for example, when there's like a tough boss fight with Natasha, I don't use her ult right away if I expect that the boss might um do an AoE attack that hurts all my characters, so then mm. I'll have the heal already. Yeah. Especially like one of the things I always do is if I like sometimes I build a team and it has Asta and then the fox girl who I guess I will only refer to as the fox girl. <laughs> and so I like I'll hold on to my other like ultimates until both of theirs pop because then I can just like buff the party twice and it just makes everybody else's attacks like that much more powerful. So like that's a, like one of the things that I've just like done a bunch now. Nice. Um her name is Tingyun. Tingyun. Yes, there Tingyun, there yeah. we go. <laughs> Yeah, no, that just reminds me of like, you can, you know, you can like inspect an enemy in battle basically and see like, what do all these attacks that they're doing mean? Because sometimes they'll like buff and some of them are like, every time it uses this attack, it's going to use this one next turn. And I found that really helpful for planning out things like that, where there's like, in particular, there's like one robot enemy you fight in like the first planet that I was thinking of. They kept, it keeps doing this like really massive aoe attack and it just kept happening and happening and i was like oh my god this fight's impossible like it just keeps doing this aoe and then i realized like it always signals it with a previous attack so you can like kind of plan your strategy around that and i really like that that extra like strategy layer to it which was something that i always kind of felt was missing from genshin like i'm sure it's there if you're like good enough at it or whatever but i always kind of felt like i was just like waiting for meters to build so i could use like skills and ultimates and stuff whereas here it's much more it does feel much more like like puzzly which, which i really like 
You know, actually, this game has a lot more definitions too. Like if you, for example, have like a relic or um, a light cone, which is the weapon in the game, then like sometimes there'll be like a underlined uh, jargon in the in the description, and then if you click it, it says what it means by by that. Like for example, break effect or like other words that might not be obvious to the reader. They'll they'll actually explain what they mean when they say that. Yeah, I yeah. found it like very helpful, actually, just like reading things, especially in that, that simulated universe. There are so many that I've only seen come up there because a lot of the like random buffs you get will get like there's effects called like aftertaste and dissociation. And I'm like, what on earth could that possibly be? But if you just like mouse over, it, you can see it, which is very, very helpful. Oh, yeah. Like there's tons of status effects. Like some of them, I'm not completely sure what they do still, but you know, like <laughs> yeah. there's bleed and uh, shock and burn and um wind shear whatever that is yeah there is a lot a lot to keep in mind it's very helpful to have those at, at the hand something i've also found like for me more manageable about honkai star rail is that and maybe it's just because like you know as like a games journalist i feel like i'm always playing so many games but honkai star rail isn't as open as genshin so i feel like it's very manageable for me to like kind of do everything i need to yeah i feel that same way when i played genshin i had i had so many times that i would sit down to play it and i'm like oh, i'm gonna do this thing and then i would just get so distracted along the way that i would never reach it which is like sometimes a fun thing but sometimes very annoying so i i do like the that honkai feels a little more or star rail feels a little more reined in so you can actually like do the thing you were trying to do without being sidetracked a thousand times on the way oh yeah it seems very purposeful yeah, yeah, totally. There are a bunch of like those weird little random things there too. Like I was surprised at how often I was just like, like I mentioned earlier, inspecting trash cans. Like there are <laughs> quests you can get just from like reading the flavor text on trash cans. There was one at one point where like I, I checked out a mailbox and got a letter that like somebody needed. Like, so there are lots of cool ways that like just kind of paying attention to the environment can can lead you to like unexpected little quests like have you have you guys found things like that um for me the one that jumps out to me is uh there's the like back alley quest i don't know if you guys have encountered this one it's when you first get to the like main city on the ice planet somebody will mention that there's like a theater and there's a back alley to the theater but you should avoid it and if you go to the back alley you like talk to somebody and if you go back there every like few times it'll like mysterious stuff will happen and it's like this this very fascinating quest that has a lot of like sci-fi horror kind of almost and that oh. was like a really standout you know thing that i found in the game i don't think i found that quest but there was one that stood out to me in boulder town the you know like the underworld town that the players visit in there there was one in like the fight club where this guy puts on a suit of armor that's yeah. uh, that's like poisonous to him basically and when you go through that entire quest i'm just kind of like whoa that was a little bit more fucked up than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah that one is so sad I, I found that one too i think the one that surprised me most that i found one that was just like a bloodborne uh easter egg basically i'm um, sorry what <laughs> have you both played bloodborne yes i have not but i know about it in that game there's a lot of times when you can go up to like someone like a person's window and you like can't see the person but you can talk them through the window and one of those there's like a little girl and she says her sister is missing and you're like can you go find her and there's like this little quest you can do where you 
you find like a bell that her sister wore and you bring it back to her and get a reward. And there's one, like basically that same quest is in Star Rail. Like there's one part in that, like that opening town, oh, okay. that boulder town. Yeah, where there's like, you can hear someone like crying, I think, through a window. And if you stop and talk to her, she tells you like, my sister is missing. Can you go find her? And you're able to like go on this little quest and you pick up like a bell with a ribbon on it uh, and bring it back to her, which is like exactly how the, the quest goes in Bloodborne. I was just like, so like when I got the first step of that quest, I was like, wait, is this what they're doing? Like, is this just a Bloodborne reference? And it, and it 100% was. I wouldn't have gotten that. So that's that's really good to know. There are like... There are a few references here and there. Like there was one in the in Bellabog, the Ice City, where if you try if you inspect the telephone booth, then it's like then your character says, "Don't you just feel like going in there and like ripping off your shirt?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like all the text is so fun, and I'm, I'm like really impressed by the writing. I love it. Yeah, I really yeah I really like the sense of humor where it's not just like ah oh, quirky joke, quirky joke, quirky joke. Like it is just like. It's just written with so much personality that even sort of like things that could be completely mundane flavor text end up being like actually really, really fun and like really endearing. Some NPCs have really good voice acting too. Yeah, yeah I, I really like most of the voices. Um, I think they've been really charming. As like the only one of us here who you know plays Genshin Impact, how have you been balancing the two now that Honkai Star Rails out? Uh, to be honest, I haven't... I haven't played Genshin in the past few days. I did log in though because I, you know, there's a new care, there's a new banner, a new character. There's also a new event going on, so it's like, well, now that I am done with the bulk of Star Rail, I'll probably play more Genshin, especially since there's an event going on. So it's probably gonna go like that, where it's like I'll play Star Rail when the new update comes out, and then I'll play Genshin when that update comes out. You know, they don't overlap, so. It does make me wonder what they're going to do like for events in Star Rail, because there were so many in Genshin that were like actually really fun and like had interesting stories and like introduced completely new like mini games and stuff. I'm, I'm wondering if any of that is like coming down the line for Star Rail. I'm not sure. I didn't get to that part in the beta. I did hear, you know, like the latest leaks are, are like are saying that some of the events from the beta will be coming to the game. Hmm. But um, I guess I don't really know what that will look like yet. Yeah. So I guess like now that you've kind of finished up what is there, what are you like looking forward to as the new updates, you know, eventually come out? Well, I am excited for the next part of the story, especially because in in the um, in the Xianzhou, they kind of split up the team where it's like Don Hung is on his own separate quest. So it's like you play as him for a bit. And I'm wondering, I want them to meet up. Like, I'm wondering what how they're going to meet back up. Splitting the party is always a fascinating <laughs> narrative choice. <laughs> always a great decision. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't something I've ever experienced in um, Genshin. So I was like, oh, that's that's new. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that seems like a, if they like make that sort of a, a repeating element, that could be really cool of like giving all of these characters their own little side stories that that sounds like another great way to like build up these these characters and their relationships yeah basically i think the story is the one that i'm most excited for in the upcoming update but even if i don't get that i still think like you know at least having something else to do to grind for more rewards would be nice just because it's like you know so it doesn't really take that much to entertain like if i if i see that i could up Grade, you know, like level up a character, I'll probably do that. And I'm like, all right, well, now let's go through skills and then let's get better relics. And then, you know, like there's always something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really got that dopamine loop. 
Yeah, I'm really hoping that the combat being as like intricate as it is helps it keep from becoming like too, I don't know, too boring. Because like, I don't know, I've played other gotcha games that do eventually just kind of like you're doing the same thing over and over and over. And like, even if there are rewards, I start to not care about them. But it feels like like the gameplay here actually is like very good. <laughs> and I think that that could go a long way toward like making it feel like a fun game and not just like trying to get the numbers to go up continuously. You know, there's also um, the enemies are pretty good too. Like mm-hmm. they change enough or like they're different enough that you need to have different approaches to them. And then like the different elements make it so that you should build different team members. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty fun for me. Yeah. As soon as you get to the 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 ship that I, sorry, I keep forgetting the name, even though you keep saying it. Oh no, the Shenzhou. The Shenzhou. As soon as you get there, there's like an entirely new type of enemy that requires like a, a fairly different strategy to defeat them when i was like oh cool that's like if that's something i can keep going and keep coming up with like interesting twists to add i think that's like that will also be like a great way to keep it fresh all i know is that um the leaks that i've seen say that kafka will be a banner in 1.2 so i have to (laughs) stick around until at least 1.2 yeah i want her too because i think she's gonna be a lightning character and you know like none of the ones i have are like super strong so it's like you know I'm i'm ready for her um, you know, actually, there's also, out of all the elements, they only really have wealth for um, imaginary, which is like the yellow element right now. So I'm like, I'm excited for more of those characters to come out so I could actually play with it <laughs> right now. Like, I know there is one coming out in the next update, but yeah, he's also a five star. So I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I can get him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Of like, I keep seeing that icon, and I'm like, "What is that?" Like, I, I've not seen that on any character yet. It's apparently called imaginary, but yeah, I think it's really only welt so far. Interesting. One of the uh, interesting lore bits that I found out based on my Wikipedia diving is apparently welt uh, from Honkai Star Rail is actually welt. Welt also exists in Honkai Third Impact, but it's. Instead of just being the same name, it's actually the same character. Like apparently in the lore, he like transfers universes into the Star Mm. Rail universe, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's fun. I imagine they'll probably want to do more of that. Like if they have all these characters already for for Honkai that like fans like, it seems like a very convenient way just to be like, oh yeah, they came from another universe. It's fine. (laughs) You know, I actually heard about that, but I wasn't sure if it was real until now. Um, there's also like, no, because like, because it came from the Honkai Impact the Third Universe, there's like, there's also a Himiko there. So he's also like, well, now I get to see Himiko again. Yeah. Yeah. Himiko is also a character. Um, but yeah, I think that that probably covers Star Rail. So we always end every episode uh, talking about something we've enjoyed doing this week, whether it's like playing another game or something we've listened to or read or just like done in the world do you have something you want to recommend to people or just like shout out that you enjoyed jess well i also like cassette piece which came out unfortunately around the same time as honkai star rail so i could not finish it but it's a game that i've been talking about online for a while now like i'm you know i couldn't do the review but they're coming out on consoles too in about a month so i'm hoping to do a review then and then there's also after image which i wanted to play and got a press kit for but i haven't taken pictures of the press kit yet or like you know like it was a game that i've done a demo for but i haven't dug into the to the port yet so i hope to try that soon nice 
yeah, I played the Cassette Beasts demo a while back and really dug it. So I'm I'm pretty eager to jump into that at some point too. Oh, and the music is really good. I love the music. Yeah, I love it. There's like, yeah, the the first kind of like vocal track that you get in that game. I was like, oh hell yeah, <laughs> like I need to play this just like because of this. Uh, but how about you, Will? What have you been up to this week? Yeah, I mean, besides playing Honkai Star Rail, um, the thing that I've been doing is I was I watched a new anime um, that I liked. Well, new to me. Um, it's called Gunbuster, and. The thing that's interesting about it is it's directed by Hideaki Anno, who, you know, most people will know as the director of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, but he made this before Evangelion. And like the whole premise of it is it's about these like high school girls who basically have to like fight a war against aliens. But with the caveat being that it's almost like interstellar rules where when they go off in their ships, their ships go close to light speed. So time passes slower for them than everybody else. So they'll go off on a mission and they'll come back and like six months will have passed or like a couple years. Um, And it just has a lot of really like fun stuff to say about like the passage of time and like why they're doing this. It's like short, it's like six episodes. I've really enjoyed it. So that's kind of what I've been doing. What about you, Robin? Yeah. Um, so I mentioned last week that I got my legal name change, which was very exciting. Um, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I, I, what that does is kind of gives you like this court order that you then have to carry all around town to various offices, getting your actual documents updated. So I've spent most of my week doing that, just like driving from office to office and waiting in huge like two hour plus lines at various places. Uh, But while I've been doing that, I've been listening to a lot of this podcast called Ologies, which is one that I like have been subscribed to for a while, but I'm kind of like behind on episodes. Uh, And it is like the host Ali Ward interviews a different expert every week. Uh, And they're like a scientist who works in a very specific field. So I was listening one to early to one earlier about with a um like a surgeon who works on like the larynx. Uh and there are some episodes on like, you know, different animals or like some of them get to be hyper specific. There's episodes on dreams and episodes on like moss and episodes on like all these different very like very specialized fields. And it's so just a cool way of learning about these like really sort of idiosyncratic uh areas of study, uh which is very fun. Um and also the host is very like very fun and personable. So it's not like uh, a, a dry, boring science podcast. It's like you're, you're hearing from these very passionate people and it's, yeah, it's just, I've really been enjoying that. So I would, I would recommend that to anyone who like me doesn't know anything about the world or how it works and would like to maybe change that a little bit. Nice. Well, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, you can listen to Girl Mode anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us on social at girlmode underscore pod on Twitter and at girlmode-pod on co-host. Um, I am both of those places at the Willow Row. And I'm both those places at Robin Bombas. And where can folks find you, Jess? Um, my Twitter is JP Reyes, that's R-E-Y-E-S, underscore, underscore on Twitter. Um, if you also just like Google search Jess Reyes games, <laughs> you'll probably find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks so much for like taking the time to talk to us. I'm glad we could have someone who kind of knows what they're talking about for our conversation here. <laughs> yeah, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, Jess. It's been great. Yeah, it's been super fun. I'm also excited to see what relationships develop in Honkai Star World. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, uh, 
that's it for us thanks for listening bye for working through the internet problems too and <laughs> it's frustrating oh yeah it's like um basically you get internet for free in this complex so i'm hmm. trying to hold off on buying actual internet <laughs> but i'm like i don't know it's like it's just so it's good most of the time <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard to say no to I free we internet clapping, people i well we were talking let's do <laughs> it let's do it 15 seconds <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>